Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 203. We're going to try something a little bit different. Um, I had an idea. If it sticks and you guys like this idea, we'll, we'll do some more from time to time. But if not, hey, it's a one and done like some other of our ideas we've done over time. Uh, so over Thanksgiving break, I was talking to some relatives and we were talking about movies and whatnot. And they asked the question that you always have for every movie related conversation. What's your favorite by this? What's your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? What's your favorite Christopher Nolan movie? So that kind of got me thinking. What if you guys submitted a list, a hodgepodge, a random assortment of actors, directors, other people in the film industry, and we have to say our favorites by that individual person, your favorites. We have to say our favorite project, movie, whatever, by your favorites. Does that make sense? So... Sounds easy enough. So thankfully, you guys submitted a crap ton of people for us to talk yeah. about today, both actors and directors and some actor directors, uh, mm. some people that do double duty. And you guys are good enough to specify of uh, whether we needed to talk about them as actors or whether we needed to talk about them as directors. So we're going to do that today. But uh, first of all, Josh, how are you doing tonight? Oh, man, I am chilling like a villain, dude. Like it's it's been a pretty cool week so far um started the new job we're just like i'm it's crazy and i think i I texted you this the the other day it's crazy how much like my brain has been so productive late this past week of like just having that shift in you know the the thing that we all do and 75 percent of our time goes to is, is work and it's crazy how much having that shift has affected my brain and my ability to be so much more creative and um and actually do my you know can get into my creative projects so it's been it's it's been a pretty cool cool week to be honest so have you been watching anything with all your time now <laughs> i uh i watched actually last night i um it's been a while since i've seen it my dad had never seen it but um no country for old men oh, um, did a, i showed him that, that movie. movie um the one on hbo ends kind of odd and i don't remember that movie at, uh ending odd so i i'm wondering if there's like a different version that's out there i'm not sure maybe okay, i'll have to do some research spoiler warning what what happened in the ending that you watched it's, I mean, the ending that I watched is just like the the last thing. I'm um the last thing that like the last couple scenes. He visits, um, the wife, and then like it just cuts to him leaving the house, and he's like wiping, making sure that there's nothing on his on his boots, and then he leaves, and then it cuts to a little monologue with um the sheriff. I think um, that is the ending. I think okay, that is. Because I don't remember it ending so weird, but I mean, I enjoy the movie. It's very tense. It just also kind of just ends. And um, the fact that they don't show, I see. And for some reason, I remember seeing the little, the shootout between um, uh, um, the, the main guy and the, the, the Mexicans. I could have sworn there was, we actually saw that shootout, but maybe, I, maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. I don't know, but I mean, it, it's, it's a cool movie. It's a good, it's pretty good. Oh yeah. I enjoy all of the performances are fantastic. Um, I also started a rewatch of, uh, arcane, uh, mostly for research purposes, mostly because I've have, 
I've had scenes stuck in my head from that show. So I was like, you know what? In order to get these out, I'm going to have to rewatch it. Oh, darn. I'm going to have to rewatch Arcane, um, which is easily one of my favorite shows um, out there. So not that, big, not, not that big of a deal. But yeah. What about you? Uh, I only watched one movie, but oh boy, was it a movie. Uh, if you've been following the channel, as you all should, you should all be subscribed to the Uncharted Media YouTube channel. You would know that I posted my Glass Onion A Knives Out mystery review. I love this movie so much. Uh, I don't know if I like it more than the first, and that's not a knock on this one. It's just which kind of style or preference do you prefer? They're like two expertly made pies. Do you just prefer apple pie in the moment, or do you prefer chocolate pie in the moment type of thing? Of They're both excellently made. They're both great. It's just what personal preferences do you have like the original one is much more of that like um cool fall weather uh that like upper northeastern fall with a different cast and i think i like the cast and the overall ambiance of the original movie better so i kind of lean towards that but glass onion is on par with the original which is unheard of like good to hear though like this has twists and turns i love that just when i thought i was getting a hold of this movie nope 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 that does not happen (laughs) um there's definitely some shocks in this that i was going whoa some are obvious others not so much um i really even after just two movies appearances daniel craig's benoit blanc is one of my favorite movie characters of all time he is just having so much fun like he's having twice as much fun in this as he is in the first one like he's good in the first he is so just cemented in this role by the second one (laughs) and also like there's little nods and references in his character to other famous detectives like murder she wrote or columbo uh and this one we get it's not a full-on sherlock holmes homage but there's definitely hints and references to the sherlock holmes mythology which i'm okay i'm sure is intentional choice but that got me thinking when i'm watching it if and when we get a knives out three because we know netflix signed on for at least a two and a three i would love it if yes it's still a mystery but if there's a evil version of benoit blanc if benoit blanc oh. has his own moriarty i would yes. absolutely love that and i posted that on twitter and somebody commented it needs to be Daniel Craig playing the bad guy as well, except with the snidely whiplash mustache. And I'm just going, yes, I need that now. <laughs> that would be so fun. Oh my gosh. Like I just in general, a couple of things. I know you and I were very worried about when Netflix said they were taking over that uh, the, it would be a dip in quality. So it's good to hear that it at least at the very least seems like it's, that is not the case at all. Um, also, and I sent this to you, uh, I think it was, I think it's a, it's either a beer or, or like a perfume commercial that he's in now. Yes. Where he's just dancing. Vodka. Dude, dude, that man, I have never seen someone so happy to not be bond anymore. And it, it's gotta be Daniel Craig. It's so great. I've it, the, the rise, the rise, I guess of Daniel Craig right resurgence. now. Post, resurgence of po- post bond. Craig is just, it's so good to see honestly um i did forget to say that i saw um uh wakanda forever this past weekend um on the thanksgiving break and um yeah yeah it's 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 a as much as i love namor the movie starts to go downhill once he shows up 
I yes, in the first 15 20 minutes, absolutely heartbreaking, fantastic, very well done. Um the ending put leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Um unfortunately, uh, I I I don't know cuz you and I haven't had a really a, a really a chance to talk about it there that much, but like there's a lot in it that I just not the biggest fan of. Um I think so, I know what you mean. I kind of walk yeah. away with the same thing of like on paper, I like where the movie ends up, but yeah, I don't yeah, yeah, know yeah. if I like the road that we took to get there. Like, there was a clear path to where we end up, and I agree with where we ended up, but we took all the weird back roads that made it yeah. a lot bumpier than it needed to be. And I think there's some consequences that um, are not being talked about uh, as far as some of Shuri's decisions on how to do what she wants to do i think uh should we put a spoiler up because i think one of yeah my favorite it's been things... out long enough okay uh one of my favorite things about the movie is the entirety of the uh the the, the when she finally get, makes the flower and takes the flower sequence um i love that because this is not something i i might need to go rewatch the the original but it's not something that was um I think really said with the original is that your intentions of what you tend to do with the black Panther power goes into the visions that you see. And so like, so, so, I mean, obviously it would have been awesome for her to, to see T'Challa. And obviously that's not something that we can really, can really happen. Um, but what I, I loved her seeing Killmonger and because his his motives were, were out of revenge. And so likewise, so hers were as well. And like to me, that was like one of my favorite bits of the entire film. Yeah, it's. I get that a lot of people love it. And if you do, that's awesome. I think on paper, the stuff that happens makes a lot of sense and it's really good. But there's a yeah. lot of bumpiness that I'm just going, this could have been done better or streamlined better or cut some elements out like Ironheart. I think you could have just worked the story around and not had her entirely and saved yeah. quite a bit on the runtime and also made it a little more cohesive. But again, we have that Disney Plus syndrome of everybody's got to get spun out into something. But apparently not everybody, as we'll talk about in the news topics later, because, yeah, oopsie, <laughs> someone forgot to check the paperwork and which characters they actually own before they made a movie. Yeah, it's it, it as much as I. I in the the tough part about that is also that. I actually kind of really enjoy Iron Hart's character. Like she's better uh, than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, as much as as hard it as hard as it is to do a Iron Man esque character without thinking about Iron Man. Um, yeah, it's I still enjoyed her. She's likable. She she's not swarmy and does is gonna ha she's not gonna have some like weird arc like Tony did. Uh, but yeah cutting her out would have been uh, saved the runtime a little bit let's get into some movie news because we've got some late breaking news we need that like special late breaking news bulletin sound as maybe like two hours before we're set to record yeah. this episode they dropped the full length trailer for the new super mario brothers movie that we've all kind of been a little apprehensive about because of the chris pratt um mm -hmm. casting but, like, visually, everything we saw from the teaser trailer and the poster, we're blown away by. So we get this trailer, and I'll be honest, 
It has been a very, very long time since a trailer has made me grin like an idiot. Mm -hmm. So, so much of... I didn't think I was so emotionally attached to Mario until I saw this trailer and lost my ever-loving mind every five seconds by something that I saw on the screen and done well. But once again... As much as we're going to gush about how beautiful and perfect this trailer is, notice they do still keep Mario very, very quiet mm-hmm. for the most part in this trailer. <laughs> yeah. They still don't really show off Chris Pratt's speaking voice all that much. Although I'll give him credit where credit's due. His woohoo at the end is... Yeah, it's nice. It's pretty good. That, mm, that was just the cherry on top. But there was so much in this that I was going, this is... This is happiness overload. And again, I didn't think I was that much of a Mario fan. Yeah. Like, I lost it when I saw the Yoshis. I was going, I didn't know if Let's we were go. getting, I didn't know if we were getting yeah. the Yoshis or not. We had the egg on the teaser poster last time, but mm-hmm. I didn't know if we were actually getting them this time. There, there's so much more. But Josh, the new Super Mario Brothers trailer. Honestly, I really, really liked it. Uh, and that's uh, not to say, like, I didn't not like the first teaser there was to me there was a lot to enjoy about it um that i agree they are definitely trying to keep uh mario's uh, vo- <laughs> chris pratt's mario voice under wraps a little bit uh and i i don't disagree with that take um it was great to hear <laughs> charlie day's luigi though and i uh, i was like yeah like that that's yeah, that's that- that's the number one voice that we're not worried about at all yeah, that and bowser that work that works so well and seeing more bowser too oh that was fun too um i think what's gonna be interesting and i i caught this in the trailer and I, I want to get your thoughts on this uh, outside of like, there's so many, so many things in this movie that I'm really curious as far as, okay, cool. I love that we're doing that, but I'm really interesting how interested is how we're going to get there. Story wise. Why, why is that a thing that's happening? Um, there's a line in the trailer. that says there's many universes out there, Mario, that need saving. Um, now to me, I took that as one of either two things. A, that's kind of like a Mario galaxy kind of reference of like, Hey, there's a lot of different worlds that we need to go and help or, <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> super smash bros confirmed. Um, <laughs> which I, is, yeah, I think you got to lean more towards super Mario galaxy than yeah, super smash. However, I think they're still going to find ways to slip in super smash brothers references because at the very beginning of the trailer, when we see Mario and Donkey Kong squaring off, which I love the little detail that, I it's, love that. it's more or less looks exactly the same as um, Jumpman when he does like, the, yeah, when it, Mario and Donkey Kong first squared off in the very first game, like ever. I love that little detail. I fully expect Donkey Kong to just pound the ever living crap out of Mario and then swing his arm and then yeet him off the screen. And they do the wide yes. shot just like a finishing move in Smash Brothers. I fully expect that to be used for comedic purposes in this movie oh absolutely um also notice how they didn't have donkey kong speak at all uh even though it's <laughs> seth rogan i actually i have full faith in seth rogan yeah i'm okay with that one but if i have one of 
oh gosh, this is going to be perfect, and I'm going to love every moment of it. It's Keegan Michael Key as Toad, and or the Toads in general. The Toads in general for this. What They're are we going so to do? Good. We can't fight. We're adorable. We're adorable. And I'm going. Yes, you are. I will die for the Toads. <laughs> toad is my main Toad. Oh, just all the Toads look spectacular. But the Stinger that all of us collectively just went. You are actually going there. He and everyone else are riding Mario Karts on Rainbow Yeah. Road. Like, <laughs> sorry, Captain America lifting Mjolnir. You sit down now. This is the moment we've waited our entire lives for. And oh yeah. my gosh, if the movie ends with Mario and Bowser racing to some finish line of like, who can get to this gold first or this objective first? And Bowser has the clear advantage. He's like a mile out. And Mario lifts up a blue shell to win Dude. the day. And all Let's of us just go. go. Yes, I'm getting so hyped for this movie. Like it visually looks perfect. Some of the designs clearly are tweaked for movie purposes, but it looks gorgeous. I know some people were on the fence about Illumination being the one doing it, the people that did Despicable Me, but I really like the aesthetics of this. It it warms my soul because it feels like the thing that I know and love. Yeah, absolutely. And that's I think that's why I'm very curious, like the like the Mario Karts, like him actually jumping like on a, like a, a, a level of Mario one or something. I, I, I'm not sure how that's going to work or wh how we're going to get into that situation, but I'm here for it. And that's all I care about. So my theory for that is the real warrior is Peach in this situation. Like, I like that yes. they made her not a damsel in distress here. But she realizes she needs to train Mario. And so mm. I think all those are those quote unquote levels from the game are just that. They're training levels for Mario I, to go yeah, and fight Bowser. Sense. And so like you see her wielding the the flower, the fire flower. And so wow, he's which is gonna, cool. So cool, by the way. She's gonna teach him how to do that. He's got the raccoon suit at one point. I think shoot, I popped so hot. Like again. Yeah, I had no idea I was such a Mario fan. Like, holy cow. <laughs> Which, okay. I'm, I'm putting this on record now. There will be so many tears of joy, like, openly, both from me and from Heather, if the classic green Yoshi shows up and he rides Yoshi into battle to fight Bowser. Like... I oh uh, I'm I don't know if I'm ready for how excited I am about this movie. And a few months ago, I didn't think I was. I was I won't say I've ever doubted this movie because I trust yeah, the people yeah, yeah. behind this, but I, this is very, very, very quickly jumped to one of the most anticipated movies of next year. Like um Okay, Nintendo, you learned from last time, and if anything, it looks like this was really worth the wait and development process. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, obviously, we will see what happens when the movie actually comes out. Uh, just because you and I both know a good trailer does not a movie does not a good movie make. Um, so we'll see. We shall see. Uh, but if this new second trailer is anything to kind of dictate what we were thinking, then I think we're gonna we're in for a good time. Switching from a movie that will be in theaters to a movie that 
Well, by the time you're listening to this, we'll no longer be in theaters <laughs> because it was only in theaters for five days. That was solid, solid business advice there. Netflix, as Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, had a very, very limited release, only releasing in 696 theaters, and somehow, someway, made just as much money as Disney's Strange World which I don't know if that's an indictment on Strange World or a rousing success for Knives Out. I'm going to pinpoint that as a little bit of both, but this is a huge win for Netflix of opening to under 700 theaters for five days only, and you make $15 million Thanksgiving weekend and a super limited release. Like, I did the math. If this opened to a worldwide, if this opened to a domestic release, like, nationwide like in all the other theaters this probably would have made about 45 50 million dollars and netflix just going stupid stupid like randy orton just going why (laughs) why didn't we do this i get that this was a test of like dipping their toes in the water that being said i'm already reading some reports that netflix is reconsidering and going hmm they're not going to extend it currently but when the movie hits um the streaming platform december 23rd after that, they might re-release the movie in theaters, like either tail end of December or beginning of January, which I'm going, you absolutely should do that. And I think this is Netflix realizing, albeit way later than they probably should have, is, oh, <laughs> the box office is still the most viable financial option when it comes to movies, which I love that two years ago, everyone, including us at times, was just like, movie theaters are dead, streaming's the way to go, and now everyone's kind of hard pivoting back to theaters because they're realizing there's financially no limit to how much money a movie can make at the box office. Whereas streaming it's since it's a subscription based model, people will only pay the what 10, $20 a month. And then that's kind of it that you can milk out of one specific customer as opposed to repeat viewing. So Netflix, I think is now going to start experimenting with theatrical releases, but I have more on that, I think, in a little bit here. But, Josh, Last Sunday makes $15 million in five days on an extremely limited release. Yeah. Do you see this as a victory for Netflix? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I don't know if victory is the word I'd use. I'm more, mostly just because, like, they definitely could have, uh, because this is a sequel, they could have left it in longer and made more money, but chose not to. Be, again, because we understand that they're they're testing it, testing this idea of releasing their films to theaters first before streaming. Um, I don't. It's hard because, like, we're you and I are used to movies making hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, also um, the first one didn't make that much. It made like four hundred million. Yeah, exactly. But that's still obviously way more than 15, but 400 in its total run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that shows that and I'm hoping that that it shows to Netflix that there is the option here to do limited I, I, I personally I'm okay with a limited release. Personally I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, hey guys, you have one week to see this movie in the <clears throat> excuse me, to see this movie in theaters. Um, go see it, or that, or you're gonna have to wait 
you know, a, a month or something like that to see it on a streaming service. Um, I mean, I know that still people will be like, well, then I'm just going to wait till it's on my streaming service. But like stuff like this, uh, if they were to bring in some of their other projects, I, I can totally see having like a limited release of, I, I don't know, like... Uh, I'm Any of the Chris of, Hemsworth movies that they've yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. Li limited releases of, of certain movies that are shows even that could potentially be, be an option to bring them quite a bit of money. I think Netflix really should contemplate doing theatrical releases, and I'm sure after this success, they absolutely will. I'm not saying that for all of them, but the ones that you invest so much money into, like your Gray Mans or Red Notice, mm, movies that yes. aren't necessarily great, but have the box office draw of its main actors like Red Notice had Gal Gadot, Dwayne Johnson and Ryan Reynolds. And you spent close to $200 million on that just for your streaming service. That probably could have made a solid 40, $50 million on opening weekend alone. Granted, it wasn't the best. I don't know how many, how much legs it would have had. Gray man had the same problems, but these movies that you spent buckets and buckets of money on. Maybe those big budget ones are the ones that you put on your streaming on. Theaters, I mean, and then a month later, you put them on your streaming service after some positive word of mouth has been garnered. Because as we talked about repeatedly, studies have shown that if you release your movie in theaters first, then put it on streaming, it does so much better financially and yeah. gets so many more eyeballs on it. I'm not saying every Netflix, like the lower budget, like the Christmas rom-coms or... Yeah, you don't need like, to do those. Yeah, those don't need necessarily need to be theatrical releases. However, oh, there's the big butt. <laughs> again, these headphones don't really provide for it, but here's where I put on the tinfoil hat theory. I don't think this will be limited to just movies. Mm -hmm. Stranger Things is by far Netflix's biggest property that they have ever created. I know that the stats show that uh, apparently Wednesday is like destroying everything on Netflix right now and set like the new record or whatever. I'm going, just wait till the final season of Stranger Things. It'll take that record back. But notice that Netflix split up season four of Stranger Things and they'll claim, well, the effects weren't done for the finale. We're not going, no, no, no. You were testing the waters for weekly releases or spaced out releases, this thing that you mm -hmm. claim you'll never do, but in within three years you will because you realize that's how you because you have audience. to yeah. you have to that's what amazon disney plus hbo max they all do it so you should do it too because it keeps your audience around longer they save the finale for a few months later so they can finish up the special effects and whatnot i'm calling it now stranger things season five will have the exact same thing it'll be split in two parts and the series finale will debut in theaters first a month before it hits the streaming service because see that. if you make the announcement stranger things season five this is where it all ends or the finale is here you split it up in those two parts something you have already done before with season four people mm -hmm. i think people are okay with it if you split it up and you leave it on a good enough cliffhanger and the big epic two two and a half hour finale you don't watch it from home you can watch 11 versus vecna one more time on the big screen two weeks only 
Stranger Things finale, and then a month later, it'll be on on streaming service on Netflix. I absolutely see that because I don't think Netflix has ever realized. I mean, I'm sure they have to a certain extent, but how much money they make from Stranger Things and put yeah. the finale. I'm not saying it'd be on par with Harry Potter because that had seven movies leading up to the finale, a box office. But Stranger Things has a huge fan base. You put that finale in theaters and give them enough notice that, hey, you want to see Stranger Things' finale a month before anyone else? Rush out to your local theater. You think I'm? that's a crazy idea, Josh? Or you think I might be onto something? I mean, to be fair, uh, and this is kind of going to be a little weird, but um, the, I, I, I'm sure you've heard about it in your in your circles. But uh, the, there's a show called The Chosen, which is about Jesus Christ and his disciples. And it is a very are, good show, surprisingly. For, surprisingly, and as someone who loves like finds uh, uh, like biblical like history very interesting. Um, and just the way that they bring the world alive is very, very interesting and very good. Um, Actual competent cinematography. Yes. They are releasing the, uh, I think it's the either the first episode. Bits of the and pieces season? of the first two episodes of the season some, three in theaters. Yeah, yeah. The, in, in theaters. And to me, that, first of all, they're beating Netflix to it. And so now Cho- Cho- The Chosen is going to make a buttload of money because of that. Um I will say that I can totally see see that happening with with Stranger Things. Um, I don't know about hiding. I was going to say I don't know how I feel about hiding the uh, finale behind a paywall for a theater, but technically the show is behind a paywall anyway. So I mean, it's not and the finale is only behind a paywall for a month. Exactly. In my scenario here. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't hate it. I, I mean, even like can. Even like the season, I'm thinking the season three finale, uh, where where Billy dies and all that. Like, I would have seen that in the theater; would have been incredible. But also, there's like, with the mind flayer. I feel like there's precedent for this too. Of if I oh, remember yeah, correctly, yeah, yeah. hasn't HBO or HBO Max or whoever shown like the first two episodes of house of the dragon or something else like some shows will release yeah, the first yeah, two yeah, episodes yeah. in theaters for limited releases so i could absolutely see netflix going all right we're only going to have one stranger things finale let's try and make as much money as possible because you got to also think the finale of netflix of stranger things is probably at least a year or two away the landscape for netflix could be completely different they could be much more of a theatrical Mm-hmm. Um, company by that point give it a year or two's time as we'll talk about in a little bit here more studios are realizing oh theaters are the way to go sorry for trying to kill you earlier yeah so, sorry sorry we, we were t- taking a excuse me uh taking a hint from you know bob chapek uh here that that streaming is the only way to go uh and look at that I, ended up for him yeah exactly i i really think netflix could save themselves here by doing this this is a way to make money where they did not have a way to make money before um it stops them from having to put ads on it stops them from having to raise prices every single year uh it's it makes them be able to make their content more available to everybody and honestly to me if i'm seeing if i'm seeing like oh Netflix has these is putting these movies out. 
uh, and the only place to see them is after that out of theaters is on Netflix. To me, that's like, oh, cool. Well, then I better go check out Netflix then. To me, that rate that, word of mouth that, is still the most effective advertising. Correct. To me, that is an opportunity to bump your subscriber numbers. So it also seems like Netflix isn't the only one contemplating a theatrical yeah. model as Amazon and Amazon Studios are set to release 12 to 15 movies a year theatrically Jeez. starting next year. And I'm going, okay, way to, you know, dip your toes in the water. But no, Amazon's not known for that. They're just going to cannonball into this and just go, we're going to dump every movie. Um, I think this is a great idea. But 12 to 15 movies to start off with might be pushing it a little bit just um, a little bit that being said i when i think 12 to 15 movies I, i'm always thinking like uh the tomorrow war with chris pratt and chris mckay directing mm-hmm. it like the big budget stuff but amazon also is known for a lot of smaller lower budget like rom-coms or just lower budget stuff or movies of varying budgets like they had the big sick i think um yeah or samaritan yeah. is probably mid-level so it wouldn't necessarily be big budget stuff like Disney Universal released probably this many movies. Well, Disney used to, and they will again, thanks to the good Bob, not the bad Bob. Um, <laughs> but Universal, look at the variety. The good Bob, not the bad Bob. The good Bob, not the bad Bob. <laughs> but Amazon, Josh. Yeah, I mean, it. to me, it makes sense. Um, I, I In a world, what I'm picturing is seeing, I mean, if we're asking Netflix to put out their shows do their finales in theaters to me thinking of like um amazon doing like um are they doing house of the, no it's hbo that's doing house of the dragon yeah they're doing house of the um, dragon but like rings of power doing a rings of power special um in theaters in theaters are you kidding me i would the invincible dude. season two premiere in theaters stop don't even oh my gosh scrap the whole show make me a movie about season two like that's that's all i care like or just at all or just a movie give me or a two. movie yes like i just and it could me, still be jk simmons yes please oh my gosh uh that is easily oh my gosh yes that is that's such a good performance for him um but yeah like i think it makes sense i think people at the end of the day the theater as much as i hate that amc ter- commercial at the, in the theater where they're like heartbreak's not so bad in a place like this i hear i just i wanted to smack my head in the wall every single time uh because like a I, without getting too much into it a like i don't know why i'm seeing a commercial for the theater that i'm in to I've see a never movie understood that or like, they're just like that have our membership card that's a great idea why don't you advertise it in some place besides the movie theater? yeah yeah, yeah, I've yeah, never yeah, yeah exactly why theaters don't advertise themselves anywhere but the theater it's like when you're sitting in a movie theater where they go all right um right when the movie's about to start don't forget your drinks and popcorn. Guys, you don't have any more trailers. I'm already here. If I have my popcorn or drink, I'm going to have it now, not like... You should have a different timing on this. I, yeah, yeah, Cut yeah. down on commercials before the movies, please. Please. Oh, my gosh. Like, it got to, it's gotten to the point where it's like, hey, you know, I guess I... I you know, it's 15 minutes of, of, of trailers, then the movie starts. But then, like, then you have all of of the amc commercials and stuff sign and, up and, for amc rewards 
Here's your safety exits nearest you. Anyway, uh, not the point. But I think as much as I hate that commercial, at the end of the day, the best way to see a movie, I think, is still in theaters. Yes, it's more comfortable at home, but I just... (laughs) It's just better in theaters, and I think it's great to see not just Netflix, but also Amazon, and now some of the other, you know, the big boys also realizing that as well. Like, oh, well, we can still make the amount of money that we want to make. Um, it's it kind of sucks for like movies like Strange World that show that if you screw them on the marketing, they're still not going to do well. Um, so it's it, regardless of how good or bad the movie is. Um, so I, but at the end of the day, I still think theaters are the way to go. Um, I, I know that you and I had our doubts, um, especially for, for uh, when like re- there was question if Regal was going to go down there. AMC filed for bankruptcy. It was like, okay, cool. Well, you know, five years time, we might not have theaters, but I think this is continue. These, this past year has shown that you can still release a, a movie into theaters and still make the normal quote unquote normal amount of money that you would come to expect. I also think without people really calling attention to it, Amazon has very quietly developed a very good library of original movies. Um, I trust Amazon original movie more so than Netflix original movie. If yeah. I see that tagline, like uh, being the Ricardos by Aaron Sorkin is fantastic. The tomorrow war is nothing spectacular, action. but it, it feels very much like a throwback nineties, early two thousands action movie. And it's very yeah. entertaining. Um, the lost city of Z with Charlie Hunnam. I still maintain is one of the most underrated movies I've ever seen. I love that movie. Um, I think Amazon has very quietly been developing quite a reputation. And also, this makes sense because if you remember a few months ago, we talked about Amazon acquired MGM. Mm-hmm. So they're the ones making the Creed movies going forward. If they make any more Rocky movies, if Stallone, you know, doesn't sue them for being a grumpy old man. Um, or all the James Bond movies, I think, now have to go through Amazon because that's MGM. They own MGM now. So Amazon's. They may be kind of sketchy, but they're not dumb. They're going, yeah, we just bought a movie studio. Let's release those in theaters and not just put everything on streaming. They have, they now have something in their corner with MGM that it makes sense to release movies theatrically when you actually have a studio making stuff for you as opposed to in-house. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think there's a there's a point, too, of like now realizing how many like the the collection of movies that they do have is very much like oh well maybe their goal of 12 to 15 movies is actually not that like that's pretty obtainable um so you know we'll see but it's good to see more companies putting more emphasis on going to a theater to emphasis see emphasis next up we have A new dangerous alliance being formed here, and that is the very angry and very bitter Legendary Studios has found its new tag team partner. Its former partner was Warner Brothers. Now it's gone across the pond to Sony Pictures. And, Mm -hmm. (laughs) well, right now, Sony needs all the help it can get. It's it's doing a lot better than it has been in the past, but Sony as a movie studio is still kind of on shaky ground because it doesn't have the financial backing of some other studios like Disney has the theme parks, Amazon has the world backing it up. 
Um, <laughs> Apple is Apple. Basically. <laughs> and also, Basically. if you want to believe some of the rumors, which I don't, Disney might not have all the backing forever and might actually just belong to Apple soon enough, but I don't know if I buy that. Um, yeah. Or Sony, eh, that's why they're loaning out all their stuff to all the streaming services. Like Netflix has that exclusivity deal with Sony, and then it's got that deal with Disney Plus. Uh, I feel like it also has a deal with somebody else too, but I forget. Yeah. Um, now they're pairing with Legendary, who it's still kind of ugly what happened between Legendary and Warner Brothers with the whole like, hey, we're going to release some movies to theaters at HBO Max on the same day. That includes Godzilla vs. Kong and Dude. Yeah. Oh, you guys paid for those yourselves? We just distributed them? Sucks for you. Which I bring out those two specifically because Dune and the MonsterVerse, the Godzilla vs. Kong and the subsequent sequels and whatnot, that's still staying with Warner Brothers. They're not coming with Legendary. Legendary is still a studio by itself. I'm just going... I still like Legendary, but those are two really big bullets in your chamber there that you don't have anymore. Uh, that being said, I think this is a smart move. Um, I'm equating this and the big movie studios to kind of what you're seeing in college football right now. Of a lot, it's basically becoming a bunch of mega conferences, and mm -hmm. the smaller schools have to decide where they're going to go. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen with movie studios here. It's, except instead of the SEC, the Big 12, ACC, you're getting Disney, Amazon, Warner Brothers. I think all of those are going to kind of swallow up the the smaller companies, mm -hmm. so to speak. It sucks, but I think you're going to see more alliances like this or straight-up acquisitions like, uh, who did we say bought A24? Or is that still on the market? I think A24... I think that's still on the market as far as I'm aware. As far as we know, A24 was up for sale recently. So I'm not surprised by this merger. I'm more surprised that it ended up being Sony that Legendary is paired with. But yeah. at the same time, not. Because birds of a feather type of thing. Locked together. Uh, Die together. It's tough. It's, it's tough because... I completely understand Legendary and why they left. They got out of that contract with with um, with Warner Brothers because for all for everything that we know, Legendary absolutely has every right to be mad at Warner Brothers. Absolutely. Uh, um, so, like them striking a new deal with somebody else doesn't exactly surprise me. Um, now, if we're talking about movie studios that we trust to uh, put out good product. I don't know if Sony is in that discussion. Yeah. Um, so, and likewise, Warner Brothers isn't really in that discussion either. So I, I hate this, but this doesn't feel like an upgrade or a downgrade. It feels like a lateral move. It just feels like, hey, we need somewhere else to launch, our, launch these projects. Uh, I guess we'll go here. <laughs> um which sucks that sucks that like Dune and MonsterVerse are staying with Warner, which is going to cause all kinds of legal problems. So you know, potential for us to just not get more, which is not like I want. Give me more Kong, please. It please just means me it just means Legendary has to finally bite the bullet and make more trick or treat movies and give us a whole <laughs> trick or treat cinematic universe because that that's making the jump with them. They Legendary still has the rights to that, so. Give us a trick-or-treat Krampus crossover, please. That's all we want in life. <laughs> the only thing that we want. That's the only Nothing thing. Else. 
Nothing else. Push, push aside all that great stuff we were saying about the Mario movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing we want, because also, uh, I, 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 you and I hadn't talked about this yet, but like having the twentieth anniversary of of Treasure Planet, um, be like such a widely celebrated thing on the internet this past week was like, yes. Which is ironic, because you know, most of the people celebrating didn't see it in theaters. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean. To be fair, I was 10 years old. And I saw it in theaters, dang it. A dog. I didn't see it. We've been over this. I have did not see a movie until like Cars or, and Narnia. So like, I don't know what you want, want me to say, okay? Uh, but like, to me, seeing like the 20, 20th anniversary be so celebrated, um, you know, on the internet, to me, I was like, oh, could you imagine how cool it would have been if Disney also like like as a company we're like yo it's the 20th anniversary of treasure planet guys that's so awesome hey by the way <laughs> we're making a live action i was like I'd, oh i'd melt i'd i'd absolutely die but get back to legendary i i am very curious to see the like if somebody makes a full breakdown of what was able to come with legendary in this breaking yeah. off situation here like we said dune and monsterverse stayed with warner bros but like i, I half joked half serious of the trick-or-treat and krampus come with legendary did pacific rim come back with with legendary or or what's going on with that uh mortal combat yeah. i think was a legendary warner brothers production so I, I would very much be curious as to who gets jurisdiction over what, who gets which child in the divorce here. Oof. And yeah. could Legendary be teaming up with Sony as they're, Sony's rapidly taking on more projects very, very quickly. They've got those Amazon Spider-Man shows that they're working on. They keep mm -hmm. insisting that the Morbius universe is a thing that's going to happen. It's um, not. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not Morbin time, guys. <laughs> Especially after that whole meme and we got Sony Again. so good. Like <laughs> Yeah, I, I think they're gonna seriously rethink about doing the Morbin time thing or doing the Mor Morbius universe. Um we'll see what happens. I I, I, I hope this doesn't turn into uh, Marvel rights part two, but you know, we'll find out. Funny you should mention Marvel, <laughs> right? It's almost like you, you knew what was coming next. Uh, this isn't so much like a breaking news. It's just a... It feels like a massive oversight to me. And that is Namor slash Namor, which I'll be honest, I kind of like Namor better. I think that's a cooler name and it also works for the movie. Uh, Namor, we thought belonged back at Marvel because like the Hulk, uh, Namor was one of those characters that belonged to Universal Studios uh, or Universal Pictures and whatnot, but they weren't using it anymore. So Marvel's just going, cool, then we own it. Well, just like the Hulk situation, apparently they don't have as much freedom with that character as they thought. As the producer of Black Panther, Black Panther Wakanda Forever has come out and stated that Universal actually does still own Namor, and that Disney can't make any solo projects with him. And right down to, they can't even have a solo poster of Namor. They have to, like, <sighs> they have to have it in a series of other posters, or he has oh. to be on a poster with other people. I'm just going, this is weird and messy, and I'm all about it. I'm just so <laughs> interested in the legal minutia of just, like, 
Well, yeah, he could show up in some other people's movies, but he can't be the main character. He can't be just by himself in a poster. And heaven forbid, you have to Photoshop his trunks because that's something else entirely. <laughs> Dog, oh my gosh. That has been the best meme all week. I just, I love the idea that, 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 that I just, like, because in tandem, they were saying there. I saw some that were saying that uh, the reason Lupita isn't the new Black Panther is because she's too thick. <laughs> and I just okay, yeah, no, yeah. The, the the amount of of interesting things that they had to do in Wakanda Forever. Um, I don't know how I feel about him not being able to be in a solo because for two reasons. A, I don't know if I want a solo Namor movie, and B, it kind of incredible hulks him, and I don't know how I feel about that because, on one hand, I wish I desperately wish we had a solo Hulk movie, um, with with um, oh jeez, Edward just, Norton. No, I just lost his name. Oh, I, I thought so- you were the Edward Norton fan here. I like it, but I'm not. I'm, I don't like it as much. I, the the, geez, who's playing him right now? Mark um, Ruffalo. Gosh, I don't know why my brain didn't. didn't anyway, the, I actually now I love I love the Mark Ruffalo stuff. I, I I think he he does a really good job, and I would love to see a solo film with with him, with Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. However, if we had gotten a Hulk movie earlier on, um. Some of the most incredible, tense, heartbreaking Hulk moments, Hulk, Hulk, Bruce Banner moments. I don't know what if, if they would have hit the same. I don't know if we, they would have ever happened. Um, for like the in the first Avengers movie when he's talking about how um, how he's tried to kill himself, but the big guy spit this spit everything back out like like he's almost held hostage by this other being inside of him um, is so incredibly heartbreaking. And I don't think we would have gotten that had we been able to get a solo Hulk movie. Um, like, so to me, the poster is a little bit too far, but like, I don't know if we really need a solo Namor movie anyway. Um, I think he, I'm perfectly fine with him just showing up in films. But maybe maybe I'm on the I'm on the the, the, See, the small. I'm end a little conflicted because I think he was to me one of the best parts about Wakanda Forever. Um, yes, I said that movie has some issues once he shows up, but it's not anything with him. I think they just kind of yeah. devolve into just generic Marvel movie after that point. Yeah. Uh, but he's excellent, and I would like to see more of this character. It's also just tricky because his character is so much of. I want to be in secret. I want to stay in secrecy. I want to keep my people safe. I want to be secret. So where are you going to show up next if you really want to keep a low profile type of thing? Yeah. Um, And I know some people calling for him to be in Fantastic Four. And there's always these memes of like, oh, yeah, he's absolutely going to steal Mr. Fantastic's girl. Because as we know in the comics, Namor has a thing for Mrs. Fantastic. Like... It is unhealthy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, and to be fair, comic book name Namor is not one that I was like, why? He's like, I mean, sure, he's jacked, but so is everybody else in this world. But he's kind Tenoch. of swarmy. Yeah, like whatever. But like this Namor, absolutely go and steal your girl. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, so I was like, it, it'd be cool if he showed up in Fantastic Four. But at the same time, it, the whole point is he needs to stay secrets to keep him safe. Yeah. Because um, he's the ring from Lord of the Rings, apparently. I get that, but at the same time, I'm conflicted. I could go for more, but at the same time, if it makes sense for his character to not, I just would like to not have this. I like the backstage drama because I'm always interested in that, but at the same time, Marvel, what other characters don't you actually have the rights to? Did you not actually have the rights to Ghost Rider again? And is that why you actually used Robbie Reyes in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a few years ago? And you keep getting us hyped up for Johnny Blaze, but you're not you don't actually have the rights to that character? Is How that... crazy would that be? I, I'm, if I'm we wondering went with... what other characters they don't actually have the rights to. Yeah, which is, it's kind of funny that we were like, when they, you know, got Fox or whatever, we were like, oh, thank goodness. You know, the the, the Marvel uh, uh, co- comic, you know, character drama is over. We have everybody awesome. We, we can relax. And now with this coming up, it was kind of like, um, wait... <laughs> Hold on. Uh, Panic. (laughs) Yeah, I think it really just once again highlights how much of a mess Marvel was in the 90s when they sold Mm -hmm. off all their stuff that like they really just ripped everything up and just threw it all in the sky. And then all the little pieces just fell where they were. And you just it's so much harder to reassemble those pieces than to disassemble them, so to speak. Um that took me too long to get i'm sorry <laughs> i was like why do you emphasize assemble yeah like yeah I'm a... okay anyway continue uh, <laughs> but yeah that's more or less what i got from that yeah no i agree it's we'll, we'll see what happens um i i don't think this is as big of a deal as uh, maybe it could seem but i mean again it raises that question who else don't you own marvel who else don't you own jen johnny blaze i'm worried now I am too. Well, if you're worried about not being clothed and not being warm enough this winter, we got you covered with our Uncharted Media merch store where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, whatever other merch to keep you covered this coming cold season if you live anywhere but where I'm at. Uh, Support the show in that way. Go check out the store. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. Help us get to a thousand subscribers as we start that that climb to that. Now, let's discuss your guys' favorites. I don't know if these are your favorites or just kind of names that you threw at us because I don't know whose favorite is Uwe Bowl, but they just wanted to throw that challenge out to us. So yeah, this is a new series that we're testing out. If you guys aren't feeling it, then whatever. Uh, favorite by favorite. So you suggest your favorite people or just a list of celebrities and we'll list our favorite thing that we like them best for now josh and i kind of think of all right do we want to approach this from the perspective of their favorite role that they're in or the favorite movie as a collective and so we kind of made an amalgamation of both like take into account both factors for a director it doesn't matter it that's pretty straightforward all right that movie um we have Wes Anderson first. Josh, I would think this is one of the easier ones for you. Um, actually, it's not because it's hard to choose. Um, I, it's been no secret, I think, that I, I love Wes Anderson's movies. The, the, the symmetry, the characters, the odd c- c- uh, comedy, the 
odd choices for for dialogue like it's fantastic it's weird i love it um definitely moonrise kingdom is up there with one of my favorites for him um fantastic mr fox is one i think i really 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 like really yeah i i know some people are are uncomfortable with the uh like that style of animation but like i grew up with wallace and Gromit, so like some of my favorite films are claymation so no issues with that um and honestly i really 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 like the french dispatch i i, I recently rewatched it and i was and realized how much i enjoyed it like you know, upon more of a second watch um oddly enough i'm not a big fan of of uh the grand budapest hotel <laughs> really so, is that what is your favorite though if you had to pick one above all that's the point um, of this you're right, you're right, you're right. Um you right. You right. Uh probably Moonrise Kingdom. I think it's the one I've I've rewatched the most. Um I I just enjoy how and maybe it's because like seeing awkward boy scouts is like so reminiscent for me <laughs> because like that was me like i was an Clarify. awkward boy scout it's like josh yeah, loves yeah, watching I, young boy scouts <laughs> yeah so i love this movie because of the, all the children um and this is how geez. josh ends up on very special lists <laughs> i mean it's why i'm on a furries list um anyway the i think moonrise kingdom list yeah moonrise kingdom is definitely one of those that i think i've rewatched the most i relate to the most it it to me has the most clear-cut story um and to me is the most interesting i think out of all of them so glad you brought up mine but you don't like it i love <laughs> grand budapest hotel yeah. i think it's just because wes anderson already has a very distinct style but i think Grand Budapest Hotel feels like I'm reading a children's book come to life. Like it feels like a pop-up book. Yeah. And I'm sure that was a absolutely intentional choice. Also, I like that depending on where you are in the timeline, because it's a story within a story within a story. Yeah. Depending on where you are in the timeline is what the aspect ratio is. It changes mm -hmm. depending on where it is. And I think that's a really clever and concise way of making it not confusing for your audience. Uh, I love its aesthetics. I love the cast. Ray finds is just genius and also it has one of my favorite visual gags in movie history of there's a woman dead in my lobby and you think i killed her it just runs away backwards i'm going ah running away from the camera running towards the camera can be funny oh Looking hilarious you, monty python um just who's next on our list so we were talking about this and it, it it's, some of the people on this list it's actually quite funny that once i looked them up and i was like you know what i don't know what my favorite movie by them is realizing like our next one with wes craven um apparently i don't like any of his movies <laughs> josh hates horror apparently I, I, hey 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 but like that's not true josh but hates I, I, 90s horror that is De a definite truth yes. <laughs> because like i i just i think i i said it on the list i just said scream because it, it is a classic and you know it is worth watching at least once if you're a horror fan um i don't like freddy i'm not that big of a fan of in any of those movies um they, yeah they're, they're just I, I hate that i have to say that but like there's just not there was nothing from him that i was like oh yes i love that it, like literally most of his movies i was like yeah okay uh <laughs> i guess sure 
Uh, I had one Friday the 13th movie that I have, but it's not the one most people would put. I put A New Nightmare. I thoroughly enjoy this one. So I think if Josh was going to watch any of them, I think this would be the one that Josh would actually like. Because they do something different with it. It's Freddy Krueger was a nightmare that came to Wes Craven in the movie. Of Wes Craven literally came up with this fictional character and they're basically filming the next movie a la Scream and Freddy Krueger it's it's so hard to describe but Heather Langenkamp yeah. who was the actress in the original movie is playing Heather Langenkamp a fictionalized version of her and they keep saying you need to come back for one more movie to finally defeat Freddy and in reality Freddy is a demon that was came to Wes Craven in a dream I'm going oh this is so meta and weird and I kind of really really dig it it's like the art of making a movie mixed with um, Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's not my favorite. Obviously, for me, I go Scream 4. Yeah. Okay. I like Scream 4 more than the original. Come at me, haters. Uh, I think I like Scream 4 1 because it's just a more modernized version of it, but also I like the characters more. I am so happy that, oh... What is her name? Cheerleader from Heroes. Proud of you. Um, uh, Hayden Panettiere. I'm so glad her character's coming back for Scream 6 because I loved Kirby in Scream 4 so much. I loved actually having intelligent characters for once. And Scream is known for intelligent characters, but having both Sidney Prescott and Kirby. And just I like that one a lot more than the other three. And I don't hate Scream, but I think Scream 4, I think, is really underrated in the franchise. I know most people label the first one. Really impressed with the fifth one, but that's not a Wes Craven movie. I think Scream Four is my favorite Wes Craven movie. But then again, Josh and I haven't really seen a lot of Wes Craven stuff, uh, <laughs> or apparently enjoyed Wes Craven stuff. <laughs> next up, oh, this one's gonna be tricky for me because I've come a, I've come full circle with this director. Oh yeah, Christopher Nolan. Um, so I will always give full credit to Christopher Nolan if he's the director that really got me into movies. Batman Begins and The Dark Knight or the movies, the two movies in particular that really got me into filmmaking. I've just, I was obsessed with them for a while. But with each passing movie, Christopher Nolan has gotten himself into a routine. And I don't know if I like his routine anymore of an emotionally bland and uninteresting protagonist with a motivation for an overarching narrative that is very very confusing that demands rewatches that are very trying to be profound but sometimes fall <laughs> short because Christopher Nolan doesn't know how to emotionally connect with his audience and prefer yep. spectacle over anything else yep. also if we're being honest this is going to hurt some of you Christopher Nolan hasn't had a truly great movie in 12 years <laughs> yep Inception he peaked with Inception and everything else is kind of existed like josh has made his feelings known about dark knight rises i i like it more than him by quite a bit but it was a step down interstellar is fine until the end in which case all the wheels fall off dunkirk's not bad but doesn't ever fully feel like a nolan movie if that makes sense yeah less we say about tenant the better so here's hoping better for oppenheimer but yeah nolan i used to love um Honorable mention to The Prestige. I think that's my second favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Third. But I think it's the most underrated. I love The Prestige. But I have to go with Dark Knight. Uh, Josh, Christopher Nolan. Um, 
I seem I think I like Interstellar more than you do. I I like the ending quite a bit, um, because you know me, I like weird stuff. But you don't I am, say. I know. Um, I am gonna say, I it is one of his Batman movies, but it is not Dark Knight. I like the Batman the Batman Begins the most out of the Heck three. yeah, man. Um, Dark Knight is uh, obviously is definitely like the quote unquote better movie. Um, but to me, I think Batman Begins hits all the notes that it's supposed to. Um, it's before Nolan was like, how do we make this more realistic? Like it, as much as I appreciated that, that kind of outlook on it, it definitely like took things in a stupid direction um so but yeah batman begins christopher nolan's batman begins is fantastic um and to me it is unfortunately in the shadow of dark knight and dark knight rises um because i guess in the general populace idea uh mindset but like it is definitely one of the better of one of the better batman movies i think we've we've ever had i don't think you're alone and i think batman begins because of the success of dark knight often it's overlooked. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. Dark Knight. But I'm like, Batman Begins is the CPR to the Batman franchise after Batman and Robin. Also, Batman Begins, I think, is Heather's favorite Batman movie, like live action or animated. She really likes yeah. Batman Begins. It's, it is really good. It's, I think that's the modern archetype for a good origin story. I think that's really, really well done. Next up, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, I had to think about this for a solid two seconds. And then I was like, oh, yeah. It's because it's the one movie slash franchise that he's playing something besides just the rock uh but i had to narrow it down between two movies and i went with jumanji the next level oh that's a, yeah that's a good one yeah specifically i picked the sequel because he's playing danny devito for most of it <laughs> and he is so funny playing against type his character in that is so good granted it doesn't always feel like devito it feels like he's just playing a grumpy New Yorker, yeah, but his grumpy is New Yorker still Devito. works so well. His character is so funny. My honorable mention actually is him and Get Smart, which I think doesn't get talked about nowadays as much. Yeah, but, like, fantastic he, villain. Oh, he plays a douche so well. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> but like The Rock is fine, but he's the same in everything. It's just why I love the Jumanji movie so much because it forces him to play a different type until the third one, in which case the video game characters will come to our world and they have to team up with their human counterparts. That's my theory. That'll be hilarious, but that's just a theory. <laughs> we actually a game theory, but we don't um, just spit out random garbage. <laughs> true um the rock is hard for me uh and <laughs> geez, okay anyway <laughs> oh no that was so bad okay um <laughs> so Dwayne the Rock Johnson. What makes it so much worse is when, as soon as Josh said it, I just got to take this big old drink and then, nope, nope. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay. I personally, I enjoy his performance. I can't even. I can't think of it. I can't think straight. Oh no! <laughs> Okay. Um <clears throat> Okay. 
I like him and Jumanji quite a bit. Uh, both of them. They're pretty good because I think he is playing against type and that really works well for me. Um, I enjoy him quite a bit. I think as a solid number two, definitely his performance in central intelligence. I think it's one of the first times him and Chris, 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 no, Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart. Jesus. Um, falling a little short there. Um, <laughs> I, I, the first movie that they start to team up and it, it showed the chemistry is absolutely there. It's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. However, the rock is one of those guys that like any wrestler does improv really well. And if you put him in the same room with someone who's very funny, um, he'll play off that person and a little unconventional pick here of my favorite rock, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson movie. Um, I love the crap out of tooth fairy. <laughs> I love tooth fairy. <laughs> what? So much billy crystal is in that movie and he is hilarious and him and 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 rock play off each other so well it is a paint by the numbers uh feel good movie but like as it's ever come but it is hilarious like literally look up the scene where the where um billy crystal's character is teaching um the rock about uh uh, forgetful dust he's like forget forget for, forgetful dust this is how it works and throws some in his face this is how it works forgetful dust this is how it works and like they just like do it like three or four times and like i i i die every time i don't know why i love this more than tooth fairy i'm sorry i love tooth fairy more than J jumanji but i love J tooth fairy more than jumanji so here we are next up oh <laughs> We got our first interesting one because it's a two-parter. It's yeah. Ben Stiller as a director and Ben Stiller as an actor. Um, this is actually kind of hard for Ben Stiller as a director because he, like Sean Levy, has very quietly developed a very healthy resume. Like, his CV as a director is pretty darn solid. Uh, I think I know where Josh is going to go. But for me, <laughs> yeah. Ben Stiller's best directed movie is Tropic Thunder. I okay, okay. I love Tropic Thunder <laughs> so much. When my boy wants a TiVo, my boy gets a TiVo. But also casting Fat Tom Cruise as like the most <laughs> like hilarious boss of all time. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, director wise for me is Zoolander, hands down. What? Yep hands down my favorite movie he's directed i am shocked right now directed is the key word here yeah he directed secret life of walter mitty too i hear you i thought that's where you were going i'm so thrown off right now <laughs> that's why my favorite movie of ben stiller as an actor is secret life of walter mitty because like i've got to i've got to be able to talk about zoolander and and you secret life of walter dip. mitty in some way i can't i, I got a double dip i can't just like say you know what fine let's switch it so my favorite movie he's directed is secret life of walter mitty and because he's more of a quote-unquote character in zoolander he'll be my favorite zoolander's my favorite role he's acted in I okay. quote zoolander so much it is actually sad that sounds right I don't, I don't need that kind of... Hold on, that, that was mean. <laughs> oh, no. I do, too. What is this? A school for ants? It would need to be at least three times three as Three times big. his size. Oh, man. Okay. But for me, 
my favorite Ben Stiller as he's acting in it is Dodgeball. I okay. I love definitely Dodgeball. Give you that. It's so stupid. It should <gasps> not work. Again, another underappreciated Alan Tudyk performance as um, the pirate. I don't think mm, Alan Tudyk yeah. gets enough uh, praise. But also, Dodgeball is one of those movies that it's funny, but has aged like milk in some parts <laughs> of going, here, let me get this motivational speech from Lance Armstrong. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> and then, as much as I still love him, having a random Chuck Norris cameo at the height of Chuck Norris memes, like, come on now. This is this hasn't aged well. But yeah, that Lance Armstrong scene in particular just is a big old oomph. It's that it's one of my favorite gifts of all time. It's that um it's Sully from Monsters Inc. when yeah. his eyes get all yeah, big. Yeah. Like <laughs> that, that's that's me whenever I see Lance Armstrong show up in Dodgeball, but Dwight Goodman is so funny. Oh gosh. Ben still plays a jerk so, so well. Hey, it's my word of the day. I like to read the dictionary for my free time. Helps me learn. Like, it, it shouldn't work. It's such a stupid movie, <laughs> but I love Dodgeball so much. Also, I could just. I talked about to one of my coworkers recently between. Barbarian and Tusk and Dodgeball. You can make a subgenre of Justin Long getting wrecked by people. <laughs> Quite literally. Uh, I think one other Ben Stiller movie that I love that's definitely like, like down there in the top three. Um, have you ever seen Mystery Men? I have heard or, of uh, it. Mystery, uh, supposedly yeah. that one's an underrated gem. It's so good. He plays, I think it's named Mr. Furious. Um, he's supposed to be the Hulk, but he he, he doesn't get big or anything. He's just mad. <laughs> and it's so good. I love it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's, uh, so next. Let's on start our ramping list. up the speed a little bit. I know we are. Uh, we're, 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 we're but also we're getting down. to the people that were just like, ah, case in point, next one. Yes. Uh, Molly Ringwald is not uh, someone that I watched, apparently watched a lot of movies in. Um didn't realize it's it's one of those like uh we i saw it on the list and was like i don't know who that is and i feel really bad about that um for me i'm actually gonna go for our first tv show going here um she is uh, mainly because i haven't seen the breakfast club or or pretty in pink um but <laughs> the there's a show that came out recently that i've absolutely loved and have raved about that she is in called the bear uh it is about uh some, it's about about restaurant and cooks. So oh, she's in that drunk. one. Where the guy kind of looks like Discount Howard from The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, she's in that. Um, and show was fantastic. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Or, or uh, if if Remy from uh <laughs> from Ratatouille did crack for a while and then got sober and then ran a restaurant. Um... <laughs> that was the sequel. Pitch. Yeah, it is. Thank you. You're welcome. Um. <laughs> No, that was like that. That have you ever seen that vine where that kid sneezes and then blesses himself? No, <laughs> he's like, Achoo, bless you, thank you. <laughs> like, it's like in the middle of a res like an interview, it's fantastic. Anyway, what about you, Molly Ringwald? So, I realized that I have not seen any Molly Ringwald movie, never seen 16 Candles, yep. never seen Breakfast Club, but she was on one episode of Psych. And I've seen every episode of Psych multiple times. She's in the Mental Institution episode that also had Brad Dorff. 
from Chucky and Lord of the Rings in it. So what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's that. Um. Sorry, Molly Ringwald fans. Moving on. Guillermo del Toro. Um, I know some people would be like, The Shape of Water is beautiful. Pan's Labyrinth is one of the best um, foreign films of all time. I like seeing things get punched. Pacific Rim is my favorite oh, okay. Guillermo del Toro movie of all time. <laughs> I like seeing giant robots punch giant monsters with illogical sword things popping out later, too. Uh, that just makes it's me happy. So good. I again, it, good. it makes no sense. Of why didn't you just open with the sword? Why didn't you use the sword the whole time? Is it like Halo? You only have a certain amount of sword health. <laughs> is this anime? What is this? <laughs> yeah. Um. I also like movie Galmo Galmo de Toro movies that have things getting punched, but um, I like it when Ron Perlman does it. Uh, Hellboy is my favorite Del Toro movie. Like, which is Nate's probably not surprised at all by that. <laughs> now the question is. The first one or the second one? Only the first one, obviously. Really? You don't like Golden Army? It's fine. It's a thing that happened. <laughs> it's it's better than uh, the new one, <laughs> which is like saying that one piece of crap is better than another. But, you know, Golden uh, Army's uh, not that yeah. bad. No, it's not. Um, okay. Well, we go and move on, on to uh, Liam Neeson. I'm, I bet you I can tell you which one is your favorite. What is it? A team. Dang. No, it's taken. <laughs> Just the third one. Only the third taken. With the forty-seven no, the, cuts I mean, of him climbing a fence. To be fair, I really do. I do enjoy the first taken quite a bit. Oh yes, yeah, I know it's gotten memed into existence, but like, uh, it's a great movie. It's a good time. Um, but yeah, A team is fan- to me is fantastic, and I I I know. If Liam Neeson heard that, he'd be so like, guys, I did Schindler's list. list. Like, I've done all these, like, I've, I've done the gray, like these really intense. The gray, I was fantastic. in Batman Begins that you love so much. <laughs> exactly. But, um, dog, I like you the most in A-Team, so sorry, fam. <laughs> like, dude, okay, my only complaint with A-Team is once you see it, you can't unsee it. His hair color changes like every other scene. Yes, it does. It's crazy. It's like gray, and then when they get on the boat on the plane, and then it's like pitch black, and you're just going, "Did you do something with it?" And then it shows him back on the plane, and it's gray again. You're just going, "Okay," but honestly, one of my favorite movie openings of all time of you're engaged in an unauthorized airspace. Um, you have ten seconds to stop yourself. You assaulted me first. Once again, you are engaged in um the U.S. combat, whatever, whatever, over United Space airspace. In other words, adios, mother, boom! You're going, America! It's so gloriously stupid, and I love it. And then he like breaks out the cigar. Oh, I love it when a plan when comes, a plan together. comes together. He does his, like Harrison Ford impersonation. It's yes. great. And then, then the rest of the movie happens. You're just going, this is bonkers, and I don't care because I need sequels upon sequels. This movie is great. Um, Although I will say he's not the best character. It's Charlotte Copley as, as Murdoch. Yo, oh my gosh. Without a doubt. I fell in without love with him doubt. as soon as he starts hanging on the propeller. You spin me right round. <laughs> We're right, going to baby. die. 
<laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, it's it's a team for me too. I I uh Tegan's fantastic. He does he's done a, like he's fantastic as Qui-Gon uh in, in the Phantom Menace. Um but A team is just good. It's fantastic. <laughs> I like how like I need I named like the not serious movies that he's done. <laughs> it's like I did I did that one about I did Rob Roy. I did Schindler's List. And I, I think that's with my go-to. A-Team, a movie I don't even like. Like <laughs> the people involved with the movie don't care about it at all, but I love it. Um Moving on from one person with a thick accent to someone else with a thick accent, but a very different type of accent. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. I'm very curious to hear Josh's pick on this. I think I might know, but this was the fastest response I had for any movie. Um, for me, it's got to be Rocky Balboa. Not the original Rocky. Rocky Six. I think Rocky Balboa still to this day is my favorite in the entire franchise, including both Creed movies. Balboa manages to really still pack that emotional punch. I like the first Rocky movie just fine, but I think it's so slow. Its pacing is especially at the beginning when we're starting to like meet all the characters when not starts off slow was Rocky Balboa. It's slow, but it's got intentionality to it of like, you clearly could tell that he used to be great. I love the nuances he brings to the character. Um, Balboa is just my favorite. And I'm going to guess by Josh's smug impression over there. Balboa is his favorite too, primarily for one scene, one scene alone. <laughs> you know the best the best movie speech of all time all yeah, those like absolutely. generic motivational youtube videos still use yes. that one <laughs> clip on repeat yeah absolutely because it's fantastic but like to be fair i like him in the expendables he's a good to me it's a it's a fun time for him um i don't care for him as judge dread um, because carl urban has my heart um but yes without a doubt Rocky Balboa is so good. The movie, both for him, he to me, he's better in in Balboa than he is in the Creed movies. Um, but that's like that uh, that's not a knock on the Creed movies because he's actually doing very very well in the Creed movies. Um, but Balboa is by far my favorite Sylvester Stallone uh, performance. Uh, he's just he the, from the speech and not just the speech, but some of the most like nuanced things he that he does in in this in this in the movies they're just fantastic um i think maybe creed 2 is probably my second favorite performance of his just him having to try to deal with all the stuff with drago and then try to also you know coach creed and stuff like that like fantastic stuff oh boy here we go this will be interesting we're, uh, so next up is J.K. Simmons. Now, I am curious as to what you put. Actually, you know what? I think I already know what you put, but at least the character. But for me, um, if it's not his vo- voice work in, in, in Invincible, um, then it's his performance in Whiplash. Whiplash is inc- it's a fantastic movie, but his performance in that movie makes it all the better. Um, you can't, I don't think you can cast anybody else in the role that he does in, in Whiplash, and that movie ends up feeling the same. I think it, that movie is as good as it is because it's J.K. Simmons, because it's Miles Teller. So you're almost right. So with J.K. Simmons, 
we were trying to decide of like, do we want to approach this from what their best role was or what their best movie was? So I picked one of each for this. So best role, it's got to be J. Jonah Jameson. It's the greatest comic book movie casting of Easily. all time. He's, he's the perfect J. Jonah, no matter what universe he's in. But best movie he's ever been in, got to be Whiplash. I love his whip his character in Whiplash so much. Also, I'm terrified of his character from Whiplash. <laughs> what, what you looking at? There's no Mars bar down there up here. Like, were you rushing or were you dragging? Dragging. Or the fact that he's screaming at some guy, were you off key? And the kid just break, runs away sobbing. Was he off key? No, it was Neiman. But the fact that he couldn't tell means he shouldn't be here. I'm going, oh, God, he's oh, yelling dude. at somebody that's not even at fault for anything. Just, oh, I can still see you, mini me. Like, <laughs> it's he's so good in that movie. Like, genuinely, uh, the the moment when um, the moment when when Miles Teller's character realizes that J.K.'s screwing him and in, in, on like a national stage, uh, was like. Oh no! Oh, and, but then dude, he balls up and does yes, it. Yes, he does. It is like stop it, stop it, stop it. Chill, and chill, chill, chill. JK's just like nah, nah, nah. Okay, roll with it. Let's see. What All right, you got. let's go. Let's go. Yeah, so good. He's incredible. And like, obviously, shout out to Miles Teller. He's fantastic in the movie. Um, but I don't think that movie works without JK Simmons. Next up, the ultimate question. <laughs> The Lord and Savior of this podcast, Nicolas Cage. This is difficult, which is why is it a three-way tie? Two for best individual role, and one for favorite overall movie from Nicolas Cage. My favorite overall Nicolas Cage movie is probably still National Treasure. It's one of the movies that I have just rewatched to death. I have seen National Treasure so much. Admittedly, it's probably not his best performance or his best movie, but it's my favorite, so suck it. National Treasure is just, <laughs> oh, I love it. And then the less said we, the less we say about Book of Secrets, the better. It's, it exists. Um, but I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I, mean, to see. I like Book of Secrets, but okay. <laughs> it's not awful, but it's definitely a far cry from the original movie. But I mean, uh, I'm curious to hear Josh's movie before I say what I think his best performances are. Um, I definitely, I love him in Drive Angry. I love him in, <laughs> in, in National Treasure. Uh, he's fantastic at Drive Angry. Like, like that, like, <laughs> but, um, I think my favorite movie that he's in, um, and my favorite performance, honestly, from him, uh, actually, that's hard to say because he's fantastic in Pig. He's in fantastic in some, in, um, uh his the movie about him um but i guess for me the one that i will never forget is his performance in kick-ass okay i, I thought you were about to say wicker man with full sincerity and i was yeah i mean he, he's definitely memorable and memorable is the word in uh in wicker man but his performance in kick-ass is is just so good um even if you haven't read the comic book he is so charming and interesting and like he's still caging it up but like in the most like sincere and smart way possible it's it's fantastic his performance in kick-ass is awesome i think performance wise though it's got to be either pig or unbearable weight of massive talent yeah I, i'd agree with that yeah. both of those are so good but they ask 
different things from him of like pig is very much an emotionally heavy movie whereas mm-hmm. unbearable weight i can also imagine that being a, mer- a very emotionally heavy movie but only on nicholas cage of just like he said it was a very hard character to be a playing himself this version of himself which i can totally understand that um is great movie i, I just need more of him and pedro pascal Uwe Boll is next, and you all just hate us, because Uwe Boll is known as, like, the worst director of all time. I've seen House of the Dead. Therefore, that's my favorite Uwe Boll movie. Moving on. Hey, look at that. Yeah, same. Uh, it, it's my favorite because it's the easiest. <laughs> yeah, it's the one I've seen. Yeah, I hate you absolutely. All. Um, next up, Rami Malek, which I realize, I guess I haven't seen that much Rami Malek stuff, because I would say Bohemian Rhapsody. Because it's the movie that I I liked him in. It's probably not my favorite Rami Malek performance. That's probably still Until Dawn. Yes, <laughs> I know the motion is janky as heck, but I still love him and he's creepy in that game because Rami Malek's got a messed up creepy face. Yeah, he does. And I, I feel bad for him for, for that. But like, yeah, it's definitely got it's got to be Bohemian Rhapsody, Um, mainly because like you, I didn't realize how little of his movie. It's so weird to know somebody and know them as like a, a pretty good actor. But like realizing that you haven't seen any of their stuff, Um, I, I need to watch Mr. Robot. I have been. I, I have been meaning to watch it for so long, and apparently I still haven't seen No Time to Die. So there's like two like very big Rami Malek performances that I have not seen. Um, so I'm gonna go out of go for a Bohemian Rhapsody out of default because I I, I haven't seen anything else from him outside of Until Dawn. <laughs> Cop out. So <laughs> if this was a few years ago, maybe like ten years ago, this name would have been a lot more interesting to talk about, but now it's a big old yikes whenever we talk about Brian Singer. Um, it's in that Kevin Spacey camp of we just don't acknowledge you anymore because ew. Um, but because somebody asked about Brian Singer, X-Men Days of Future Past. I love the way that he was able to, as much as it sucks, to basically retcon away his two good X-Men movies to get rid of X-Men 3, but also somehow find a way to bridge the prequel x-men series to the original timeline while still telling a really interesting and compelling story with professor x and wolverine i will still tear up to this day about when they lose power to cerebro and wolverine is just like read my mind read my mind charles and um xavier starts reading his mind he's like there's so much pain how can one man suffer through all of this? He's like, but look past that. Look at all the joy that you've given to people. And he sees what he can become. And he's like, that's, mm. that's what we need. We need you to lead us. Just like, oh, that's so beautifully done. And also, Days of Future Past, I still have a grudge with because it bungled the marketing of it showed in the trailer Professor X talking to his younger self. I'm going, that would have been such a cool reveal had you not you know, put that in all your trailers and posters. That yeah. would have been a great reveal, but I love Jason Venture Past. Um, I know he's got some other classics, but that I gotta go with Jason Future Past. I love that one. And I've I've been iffy about the Fox X-Men movies. They're up and down, but Days of Future Past is special. Yeah, I agree. I, I think for me, the one that was really special and the one that I think about quite a, quite a bit still is um, 
oddly enough, none of the original X Men movies. Uh, but the uh, X Men First Class for me it was was, that was very, not very Brian good. Singer. Yes, it was. That was Matthew Vaughn. What? No. Are you telling me the only X Men movie I enjoyed wasn't Brian Singer? No. That was Matthew Vaughn who did Kick Ass, which explains a lot. Dang it! All right. Well, Days of Future Past, I guess. <laughs> I'm so sad right now. Oh, all right. So anyway, Uma Thurman, Josh. Kill Bill. It's the only movie of hers I've seen. I'm still distraught. Besides, <laughs> besides Batman and Robin, and you weren't going to put Batman and Robin as one of your favorites. I definitely wasn't going to put Batman and Robin. I mean, it's not as bad as I, as we kind of. We taught, are defenders like, of Batman it, it, and Robin on this podcast. Yeah. It's not that bad. But if I'm going to be, <laughs> if you're making me choose a performance for Uma. Between Batman and Robin and and Kill Bill, I'm gonna go Kill Bill. Sorry, pal. I'll go Pulp Fiction just because Pulp okay. Fiction. But also, fun fact: I actually don't like that movie at all. I don't. I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> Pulp Fiction is like Reservoir Dogs and Fight Club. Of it, you just see that poster on every college dorm ever. Yes. Um. Although, never saw it. But this will be probably the only time this movie's ever mentioned in any conversation past this movie's release. My Super Ex-Girlfriend was a movie that existed with Uma Thurman. Gross. Let's just throw that reference out there into the obscure reference of the week. Um, ooh, I'm very curious to see Josh's answer for this. Michelle Yeoh, who's definitely having oh, a um, Western audience explosion recently with a few movies. Yes. Um... <sighs> I, I love there's a lot of movies on the eastern side that um I do enjoy. Uh, but not Crouching but Tiger, if I remember right. It's fine. It's a thing that exists. I understand why it's legendary. And like I think if I if it had been like the first Kung Fu movie I'd ever seen, I'd think of it differently. But it wasn't. So there's that. Um and I have not seen everything all at once yet. So still, which is a crime against humanity, honestly. Um, so I'm going to have to go with her voice vocal performance as the soothsayer in Kung Fu Panda 2. <laughs> really? Not Shang-Chi? She's good. She's pretty good in Shang-Chi, but she's not like... She's not Kung Fu Panda because, uh, as I we mean... know on this podcast, Kung Fu Panda <laughs> is gospel. We praise okay. no other god but Poe. But okay, so she's fantastic as the soothsayer. The soothsayer is so like literally one of the funniest characters in the entire series. I can't. I, I look if you can't understand that, I I can't. I can't have a conversation with. No, I will always <laughs> understand a love and appreciation for Kung Fu Panda because Poe. Poe. Um, but because I have seen the movie, I'll go with my favorite Michelle Yeoh movie or best performance from her is Everything Everywhere All at Once from earlier this year. That fantastic. movie is a trip and i felt existential dread and existential joy watching this movie i felt all the feelings whether i wanted to or not there's a great line to this movie uh i don't know if i'm quoting it correctly or not but it's um nothing matters so everything matters love it i've just like look at how vast this multiverse is why does any decision you ever make matter but at the same time, if it doesn't matter, 
make it matter type of thing. I was just like, oh, why do I feel small in the universe now? Uh, <laughs> you which, should always feel small in the universe, dude. Oh, I've seen our YouTube numbers. <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> Heard. But yes, I think she anchors the movie incredibly well. Um, Short Round from Temple of Doom is a great companion for her, but she, she honestly, she should get nominated for an Oscar, and I think she will because it's, She's asked to do so much in this movie, and it's bonkers. Um, I'm curious to see Josh's pick for this one as we're starting to wrap up our list here. Director David Fincher. Let's go, baby. Um, definitely. I. It's hard because, like, I enjoy Seven. Um, I enjoy Fight Club, but, like, there's so much, like, cringe nowadays about Fight Club because of all the things. Hey, man, that... Fight Club's important for us. It is. Yeah, absolutely. But like, I understand why there's this like stigma against it right now, um, at least in this day and age. So I like if I'm going to go something that's not Fight Club, um, he did a show for Netflix called Mindhunter. Why does it not surprise me? I know you love that show. Oh, fantastic. Which is about the uh, uh, the behavioral investigation bureau and of FBI and whatnot. It's fantastic. Uh, Very well done. Uh, probably if I'm not going seven or five club, it's got to be Mindhunter. Uh, Prisoners is the movie that I often attribute as why I think Jake Gyllenhaal is a really underappreciated actor. Uh, and that's what I really realized how good of a dramatic actor he is. The other movie is David Fincher's Zodiac. I love Zodiac. Have you ever seen that one, Josh? Um, I don't think I have. Oh, Zodiac is so good. It, it's long, but it never feels like it. I'm basically like trying to catch the Zodiac Killer with Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Mark Ruffalo. There's a whole bunch of famous people in this movie. It is so good. If you like Mindhunter, I think you would like Zodiac. It is. I Yeah, it's on my list. It's, <laughs> it's really, really good. Also, I don't know how we're going to do this last one because some of the people on this, I don't think I've ever seen anything with them in. Uh, lastly on our list, the entire main cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia because hate us. Uh, Charlie Day, either Pacific Rim or the Lego movie is Benny because Josh can attest this personally for a solid three months after the first Lego movie. All I did walking around campus, spaceship, spaceship. Spaceship. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. I really loved it. Oh, um, if I wasn't doing that, I was singing "Everything Is Awesome" word for word at the top of yes. my lungs because I can yeah. still do it. Because they did not have to go that hard with that song. That song really still is a banger today. Um, and I'm kind of in the same zone. Um, I think for me, it's let you know Lego Movie or pacific rim uh i i was looking at his 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 catalog and i don't think i've really seen a lot, whole lot of his stuff either unfortunately um What's that one where he fights ice cube oh um like fist fight or something yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fist fight <laughs> that movie's odd crazy pull. and weird yeah uh very odd poll um i have not seen anything by rob mckinney Mc- Mc- either Same. or caitlin Os- um oslin um unfortunately that is kind of is what it is um now i think the interesting one of this will be danny so i'm very curious as to where you go with your favorite danny movie 
because I'm a child of the 90s, I feel obligated I have to say this movie, even though I don't particularly love this movie. It was never my favorite Disney movie, but let's be honest. Danny DeVito freaking made Hercules. Him and James Woods. <laughs> yes. He is so perfect as Phil. That's... I. I gotta give it to him and Hercules. Like, I don't love the movie. Love some of the visual design of it. I think it looks cool. Um, not my favorite, but his fill is so good. And I know some people are just like, if we ever get live action Hercules, which is sounding weirder and weirder by the minute from everything we're hearing about this movie, I think it's gonna be a train wreck. They're like, just bring back, uh, just bring back Danny DeVito as a live action fill. I'm going, that would be terrifying, and I need it. <laughs> and great i think he's even attested he'd be like i would love to you can make call, call, call me right now um would you like an egg for I... these trying times hercules <laughs> anyway so i whipped out and started blasting uh which is like the only like i have like a handful of always sunny quotes that i know for no reason because i've never watched the show um can you imagine it's... just him killing the hydra with a trash can and then slowly <laughs> raising his I'm arms up man! <laughs> Hercules just starts singing day man oh, fight of the night man um I, if it's not Phil I think for me it's got to be uh Matilda um I I think his M Matilda alone which by the way I don't know if you saw the trailer for the musical um actually something I think I might watch fantastic um but him him in, in Matilda's fantastic especially after hearing all the like the backstage stories of him like taking care of everyone and making sure everybody was okay like fantastic stuff Matilda alone is a fa is a pretty great movie um but his his performance in those are pretty great well i think that about covers it you guys yeah. gave us a lot of people so if you guys want ever want to hear our random thoughts on actors or directors let us know if you like this if you want us to do it again we always like hearing from you guys any form of feedback good or bad we always like hearing from you guys and as always, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. Subscribe and share with other film fans. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. That's where you can find most of the videos that we put out as we're going to try and push out more in the year 2023. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.